Hello and welcome to this edition of the PLUS podcast. I will be exploring a piece of mathematics that is, pretty much single-handedly, responsible for the digital revolution. From music to imagery, and from speed cameras to landmine detection. It's called the Fourier transform, and it's used in signal processing. So, how does it work? I spoke to Professor Chris Budd from the University of Bath to find out. What a Fourier transform does is it shows you how something is made up of waves. And... So many things in physics are basically based on waves, um, so that almost anything can be represented in terms of waves, and the Fourier transform tells us how that representation can be worked out. So give us an example. Well, a good example is what I'm doing now. I'm talking to you, and I'm speaking, and my voice is making um, a, a noise, and that noise is um, made up of, of sound waves. And um, each, each sound wave has a different strength to it. And what the Fourier transform does is it shows us how strong the, the sound waves of the different frequencies are. So what exactly goes on in the computer? But what's happening in a computer is, is that as I speak, the computer is sampling um, the sound um, very, very frequently, um, prob probably every, every thousandth of a second or, or even more frequently than that. Uh, and that it turns the, the sound that I'm saying into a series of numbers. And once you've got numbers, you can do almost anything you want. Uh, and what the Fourier transform does is, is it applies a, a kind of mathematical operation to those numbers to see the different frequencies of the notes that I'm saying. Now, um, you're probably, you know, everyone's kind of familiar with this. When, when, when you play on the piano, you play a musical score, what you're doing is you, you're playing on the musical notation that you use tells you the different notes of different frequencies and the different order that you play them in. And what the Fourier transform is doing is, is, is kind of working this out automatically for you. But how can it work? Because the Fourier transform is simply a mathematical object, right? It can't hear music or it, it can't see anything either. So what goes on mathematically that can take the information from a, a minute's worth of recording into something about frequencies? Well, that, that's a, a great question. What, what, what happens is that, that um, a, a, um, a sound wave of a particular frequency, let, let's say a, a frequency, say a thousand hertz, um, has a very, very well-defined mathematical shape. It's what we call a sine wave. And, and that sine wave um, has such a predictable shape that you can go and look for it. So my voice, um, when it's recorded on the computer, comes out as a series of numbers. And by looking for patterns of those numbers in the shapes of these sine waves, we can actually see what the contribution is of these different frequencies. How does it do it? Is there a way you could describe the formula or the mathematical process? Are there any familiar mathematical object apart from the sine waves that go into a Fourier transform? Um, oh, oh, absolutely. Well, the, the way it works is this. Um, it, it uses um, a bit of calculus, the calculus of integration. Um, and what it does is it, is it takes um, the 
recording of my voice over the minute or whatever it is and, and multiplies that by a sine wave of the frequency that you're interested in analyzing it and then it and it having multiplied those two together it and it integrates that over the um, period of the recording and that integral um, gives you a number and that number um, is essentially the contribution of that particular sine wave to the recording that you'll make. Music is only one of the areas, or sound is only one of the areas where a Fourier transform is very useful, but it's also very useful when it comes, for example, to, to visual information and to all sorts of other things. Mm. What other applications are there? Well, well, let's start from where it all came from. Um, the Fourier transform was invented by the, the French mathematician uh, Fourier, who, who um, um, worked during the 19th century. Uh, in fact, it was interesting, he was, he was also a magistrate, and math was almost um, a part-time activity of what he did. And Fourier was interested in heat. He was interested in the way that heat moved around in, in things like um, metal bars. And what he realised was that the way to understand the way heat moved around was to think of heat as being made up of different waves of different frequencies. And if you could understand the different waves of those different frequencies and the way those moved around, you could understand how heat moved around. So that's what he did. And that was an enormous breakthrough. It meant that um, we could suddenly start to tr understand things in terms of waves. Now, um, much more recently, we've realised that things like pictures can also be think of, thought of in terms of waves. A picture is made up of, of lots of different frequencies. Um, if you have, um, say, uh, for example, someone is on a television uh, wearing a, a shirt with a checked pattern on it, then you have a frequency which is the frequency of the checks in that pattern. And, and a tartan is another frequency. So you're always getting sort of wave-like patterns in, in, in pictures. So when we're talking about these pictures here, we're not talking about waves as in light waves, but as in pattern repeats, fre frequencies as they occur in patterns like checked or um, tartan. That, that's right. That, that would be the most normal application um, of, of this. But, but, but you might also be interested in light waves. If you're looking, for example, of a picture um, of a star, then, then you want to know what the frequencies of the different light waves are because that tells you what's going on in the star. But in something like um, a picture on a TV camera, what you're looking for is repeated patterns. And uh, how is the Fourier transform used there? What applications does it have in pictures or in imaging, for example? Well, um, one of the greatest applications that I know is, is in detecting um, boundaries. You see, what happens in, suppose you're looking at a picture of, a, of um, an object with, with a boundary, then the boundary of the object actually is a, a rapid change, and that corresponds to very high frequencies. So one of the ways you can study a picture is if you, you look at the Fourier transform and you look at the high frequencies and then you isolate those high frequencies then that tells you exactly where the edges are in your picture and that can be very very useful in finding out what objects are on the picture. If you know where the edges are you can find out the objects. One example that you gave in your article in PLUS on tomography was the detection of landmines. Um, absolutely. Now, here's a brilliant example. So, so in a landmine, the landmine detection in my article, um, we're, we're looking for tripwires. Now, a tripwire is a wire that's attached to the landmine, and if you brush past it with your foot, then you can set the landmine off and you die. Now, a, a tripwire is just like a sharp boundary in a picture. And so if you look at the picture and you look for the sharp boundaries, um, then 
hopefully you can find in in the case of the landmines where those tripwires are and then where the landmines are. So if we look in detail at how this works, what you start off with is a picture which is represented by a number of different pixels and the information you have is the brightness of the pixels and how do you go from there? Well, you go just the way you go from 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 a sound problem. Um, you have a picture which is brightness and it's, um, to use a bit of jargon, what we call a two-dimensional image. So um, it's like on a graph you have x-coordinates and y-coordinates and on a picture at each point x and y you have a pixel of a certain brightness and that brightness um, is um, a number um, and in a, for example in a digital camera a typical picture has something like three million pixels so there'll be three million numbers that you work with. So you have a, a whole load of numbers at these different points x and y in space. Now what you need to do is look at the waves. So when I talked about sound we talked about sine waves. For pictures what you look at is a sine wave in x multiplied by a sine wave in y. These are the classic sort of patterns. And then, just as with the sound, sound case, you multiply these sine waves in X times sine waves in Y times the strength of the picture, and you um, integrate what you've got over the picture, and that gives you a number, and that number tells you the strength of that particular combination of sine waves. So why do you start out by multiplying sine of X by sine of Y? Um, again, I'll go back to my, uh, my checked shirt. Um, in a check shirt, you get stripes in, in the um, horizontal di direction and stripes in the vertical direction. And that corresponds exactly to these two sine waves multiplied together. So the repeating pattern in the horizontal direction would correspond to the frequency of the sine wave in X. That's right. The repeat in the vertical pattern to the frequency of the sine waves in Y and you multiply them together to capture simultaneously these two bits of information. Uh, that's exactly right. So, so and, and lots and lots of patterns are like this. As I say, a check shirt, a tartan, um, a, um, a zigzag pattern, they, they're all of this form. These techniques can be used to spot edges in pictures, but they can also be used to unblur images that are not very clear. That's right. Um, again, one of the um, things I talk about in the article is uh, the problem of, of, of unblurring a picture of a, a number plate which has been blurred um, because of the motion of the car. Um, this is, has a, a, a very tricky application if you're a motorist because these things are used in speed cameras. Um, now what basically happens in blurring um, is that the um, points in the image get, get spread into um, much broader um, patterns. So a, a point from a, a point piece of light gets spread out. Um, now that corresponds when you look at frequencies to um, the the waves um, being multiplied by um, a thing we call the blurring function. Um, so if you want to get rid of blur in a picture, the way to do it is you look at the waves. Um, and then you do divide through by this blurring function and then you reassemble all the waves together and what that does is it gives you a picture without the blur that you had to start with. But how do you determine the blurring function? Well that's a very very good question. Um, there are various ways to do it. One way is experimentally you actually um, do some experiments and, and you from those experiments see what the blur is. Um, the other way is more mathematical which is that you um, start with a blurred image and, and you just essentially 
um, experiment with different types of function which you know are the right thing until you um, find something which has the effect of sharpening the picture up. Um, and this is generally what we do. It sounds a bit loose the way I've explained it, but um, you can make it much more scientific as you kind of um, get a better and better approximation of the blurring function. Um, and this is used all the time in astronomy um, to sharpen up into in images and to get rid of blurring in them. So it's a bit of a magical tool, this transform. Well, the Fourier transform is very magical because you know it has so many applications and can be used in so many ways, quite different from the original thing it was used for, which was to, to look at the way heat is moved around. I should say that, that nowadays what we do is there's a, a slightly more advanced version of the Fourier transform, which is called the wavelet transform, which is basically the same idea, but slightly more advanced. And the wavelet transform lies at the heart of an enormous number of things in storing and analysing fingerprints. And another thing it's used for is in sending um, images down the internet very, very efficiently. Um, I should also say that the, the Fourier transform is used in things like code breaking, and it's used in um, astronomy and biology and engineering and music. Its applications are, are almost limitless. And the applications are ever more important because we live in a digital world. Because once you break something up into its constituent waves, you capture its essential bits of information. And information is what computers deal with. Well, absolutely. The digital world, in a sense, started with the Fourier transform. Um, what basically happened was that, that um, people realised that the way to understand things was in terms of waves and were trying to compute on this using computers. And it all got very, very slow because the programmes were hard to, 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 to work. Um, but in the 1960s, um, two engineers um, came up with a method called the fast Fourier transform for working out the Fourier transform of, of a wave. And that opened up um, the whole of an industry to computing Fourier transforms very quickly and led directly to the modern digital technology. Well, we hope that this has given you some insight into this magical transform. You can find out more in Chris Budd's plus articles Saving Lives, The Mathematics of Tomography, and crime-fighting maths. Simply go to plus.maths.org and use the search facility. My name is Marianne Freiberger. Thanks for listening and bye-bye.